Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. It's always an honor, always a privilege to do that. Praise God. I'm so glad you're connecting with us and listening in. Praise God. Once again, in our midweeks, we've uh, been working through a series, so we're going to jump back again into Matthew chapter 13, please. And we're talking today, again, uh, just adding some more uh, insight to what we've been discussing, and that is the, um, the hidden treasures of the kingdom of God, praise God. And uh, again, verse 44 of chapter 13, let's read through it. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. In other words, you see an investment being made here. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all that he had, and then he bought that pearl. Praise God. Amen. Now, the thing we've been talking about is these, uh, you know, these hidden treasures, these, these precious treasures, these hidden things, these mysteries, these secrets, these uh, deep things of God, amen, that we've been discussing over the last few weeks. Praise God. Let's define a little bit of this, and uh, the word here, hidden, of course, uh, in verse 44, just means that which has been concealed, and it talks about literally something that's been covered, and the reason that's so important to understand is that these mysteries, these kingdom principles that we're going after, these unseen things, so to speak, that we're trying to uncover, praise God, amen, what it's about is that everything that God has, that's these hidden treasures, these precious treasures of the kingdom, praise God, are hidden. They're not hidden from you, but they're hidden for you. But as this word defines out, it's hidden or covered over. Amen. Now, the reason that's so important is because the word reveal, which is a key word today, and also a word we've talked about and discussed over the last several weeks, but it's a word that means to uncover, to reveal something, to uncover something or expose something to be seen. All right? So this word hidden again means concealed. Uh, by covering. It also means something that's been kept secret or something reserved for someone or yet to be declared. I thought that was kind of a neat uh, uh, synonym for this, yet to be declared. Amen. Or a definition, I should say. So yet to be declared. So praise God. The word here then found, in other words, a man, he found this treasure. Amen. This hidden treasure means to find, get, or obtain. But it re when you dig into this, it refers to energy being extended, okay? It means something that, uh, that you're going after. It also uses words like to perceive or see something, but it means in order that it's being found because it's being sought. It's, it, they're, they're seeking after it. So everything that we're talking about here is about extending some energy, some time. Like in this particular deal, he was digging, all right? He's seeking, he found it, he was digging to get, get a hold of it, praise God. In the next part there, it you know, talks about seeking. Uh, in verse 45, uh, just means again to inquire, require, to seek after. Um, it literally means also to seek after or to seek means of something. In other words, the method, resources, or techniques. So it can kind of, this whole thing starts opening up when you start looking at that. Amen. And then you see the buying and the selling. Okay, that goes on, okay, which refers to really uh, being busy about something, trading, bartering, going to the market, purchasing, redeeming something. But the bottom line, the reason I'm bringing it up is because it refers to investments. Okay, so everything that we're talking about in this series 
you know, there's so many precious things that God has, these un, unseen things, these mysteries, these hidden truths, these uh, deep things of God's, all the different words that we've used over the last several weeks. Uh, all these are available for you. They're hidden. They're hidden, uh, you know, for you. They're hidden. Uh, they're mysteries. They're things to be found. Uh, what was that definition again? Uh, yet to be declared. There are things that are yet to be declared, yet to uh, come, uh, you know, to be revealed or exposed, amen, where you can see it, praise God. And uh, so all of this is uh, available if you're willing to take the time to go after it. And that's kind of what we've been bringing out, is that, you know, the time and energy that it takes to, to find these mysteries, to spend time in the, in the uh, presence of God, spend time communing with the Father, spend time in His Word, spend time in the house of God, spend time hearing uh, teaching and, and growing and learning and, and developing, praise God, and uh, maturing and, and, you know, the, the just becoming a little bit more, uh, you know, maybe a, a useful for the master might be another phrase we might use here, you know, uh, doing whatever it takes to grab hold of this. You know, the word says he sold all that he had, or actually in both these cases, they sold all that they had and went after that. They saw it, they saw it as so precious and so important, they were willing to do whatever it took to get it, praise God. And so really that's our challenge to you today, amen, just like last several weeks. Our challenge is to, to go after these things, to find these hidden things that God has for you, praise God. Amen. To walk in a, a greater uh, revelation of things. And really that's kind of going to be my key today. It's going to talk about seeing the unseen. And we're going to talk about gaining revelation and what that means, praise God. And so with that said, we're going to go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, please. Book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Praise the Lord. I actually enjoy ministering on this. Uh, every time you start talking about revelation, uh, you know, it's just, to me, is just such an important thing uh, when it comes time to growing in God, when it comes time to maturing. Praise the Lord. So let's uh, go to, uh, I'm going to go to like verse 15 of chapter 1. And what we have here really is what we call a Pauline prayer. It's one of his prayers. We have several of those through the epistles. Uh, we have a couple here in Ephesians. We have one in Colossians. You know, so there's these, these what we call these prayers that Paul prayed for the churches. And so what we have here uh, is one of those prayers. Okay, so verse 15, he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God, now this is what he would pray, the God of our, or pardon me, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in that which is to come, praise God. Of course, a powerful prayer. Uh, there's a little bit more to it, but we're going to kind of back up now and kind of dive into part of this. And I'm going to go to, I believe, like to verse 17. Let's jump into that. 
And uh, let's define a few things and then kind of, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, get some insight about this. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Amen. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I love that. The spirit of wisdom. Amen. Obviously, we've talked about wisdom already before in some of this series. Uh, but the wisdom of God's there. There's the wisdom from above, and there's also the wisdom of this earth or of this world. Wisdom of men, it's called, uh, you know, a higher wisdom and a lower wisdom, so to speak. The book of James kind of brings out, amen. So there's a spirit of wisdom, but then he said, and revelation, okay. And this word uh, revelation, again, means to uncover, okay, as we've talked about before, to disclose, expose, or make known. I love this. It also means to bring to light, to bring to light or to bring into view in order to see it. To bring to light or to bring into view in order to see something, to see it, praise God, whatever it is that's being revealed. Amen. So that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and let's go ahead and look at that briefly. The word knowledge of him is talking about full uh, discernment of his, I love this, full discernment of his perspective of his uh, perception or his uh, procedure, how he does things. Amen. So when we're talking about the knowledge of him, and, and that there's actually more to that word also, but in, in the text of what we're talking about today, it's dealing with you know, his perception, his procedure, how he does things, his, uh, what was the other word I used, his perspective on things. Amen. And that's what we're trying to gain. Because when we're talking about a revelation of something, we're trying, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, to see as he sees to know things as he knows things, praise God. And I, I just want to kind of touch on this thing of revelation briefly because revelation really is like a doorway for the Lord in our life. If we will let God begin to, uh, you know, show us things, reveal things, it's like an open door, amen, to us, amen. When you seek God and go after God and, and, and purpose to, to, to uh, you know, push in there to extend energies, to grab hold of this, to, to, you know, in a sense, invest and do all the things necessary to, to gain uh, some insight, to gain this thing called revelation, to, to get to the place where the light comes on, the cover's pulled back, you're seeing things as you should, and what's happening is you're giving God place, amen, to show you things. It's like a doorway. It's, you're giving God a doorway into your life, praise God. And what you're allowing him to do is to show you things Amen, to, in a sense, cause you to see things as he sees things, to know things as he knows things. And the more that happens, the greater and the, and the easier life gets, praise God. And that's just a fact, and of course, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. But it's a doorway for the Lord. Now, on the flip side of that, because you really can't talk about that without maybe, in a sense, talking about the flip side of that, and that's a thing called ignorance. Now, a lot of times... Uh, people say, well, ignorance is bliss, and I know why they say that at times, but, but in all honesty, ignorance is a trap, and you have to see ignorance as a doorway for the enemy. See, the scriptures are pretty clear that, you know, uh, you know in fact, I think I've got a couple references wrote down. Hosea 4, 6, for one, uh, you know, talks about that, uh, you know, with the, it talks about not knowing things. If you don't have revelation, you'll come into, well, let me read it, because I'm kind of misquoting it here a little bit. So Hosea 4, 6, please. And let me go ahead and quote it, or read it for you. It says that my people are destroyed. That's the word he used. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
destroyed for a lack of knowledge, which means, see, if you're not knowing something that you should know, then all of a sudden now destruction, you know, is kind of waiting for you. All right, so God is trying to teach you things, show you things, reveal things to you so you don't come under uh, a, a sense of ruin or destruction uh, that the enemy has uh, laying wait for you. Isaiah 5 is another reference, and I believe it's verse 13, and he kind of says the same thing, but he says it this way, that my people are taken captive. That's what it uses there, are taken captive without a lack, with a lack of knowledge. In other words, if they don't know some things, it's now an easy an easy task, so to speak, for the enemy. It's, you become an easy target for the enemy when you don't know things. So when you start thinking about, you know, ignorance is bliss, you just have to begin to kind of look at ignorance different, okay? Nobody wants to be ignorant of the truth, okay? Now, granted, I, like I said, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I understand why sometimes that phrase is said, but, but in all honesty, we want to we see things as God sees things. We want to know the things that we should know, because if we do that, we're not going to be taken captive. We're not going to be destroyed. We're not going to be an easy target for the enemy, praise God. I hope that made sense to you. Again, back to Ephesians 1, and uh, let's go uh, a little bit further now. Let's go down into uh, uh, verse 18. Now, some of this I'm going to keep talking about, you know, some other things in verse 17. I'll come back up again. But verse 18, let's define this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, praise God. So let's look, define that. The word understanding here um, talks about deep thought or imagination. It's referring to the mind's eye. If you really get technical, it literally means the eyes within. We're talking about the eyes of your understanding. We're talking about the eyes within, or we could say the eyes of the inner man, another way of being, uh, maybe saying that. And that's very, very uh, needful to know, okay? So the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, okay, which um, the word uh, there is illuminate, to bring the light, to make, to see, and it refers to seeing the unseen, okay, so the eyes of your understanding, seeing what maybe these natural eyes are not seeing, and that's kind of what's being said here in verse 18, so the, the eyes of the inner man, okay, the, the mind's eye, Okay, the inner eye, okay, the eye, uh, you know, the, uh, these eyes on the inner man, these eyes within are seeing something that these natural eyes cannot see, or at least at the moment, okay? So, you know, a lot of times that's the case. You know, God's showing you something with the inner eye, and God's trying to get us to look and see things by the inner eye. Because a lot of times it's the outer eye that gets us in trouble because we're just moved by what we're seeing in the natural it kind of gets, you, it gets us in trouble because we, we start processing everything. Our thought process, uh, you know, begins to go down the road based on a natural, uh, natural things, things that we see out with the natural eye. And so God is trying to reveal things, show us things, see things as he sees them. And the only way that's going to really happen is you're going to have to, with the inner eye, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened. In other words, with those inner eyes, seeing that unseen. See, it's illuminating the unseen, praise God. And that's very key uh, for us today, praise God. So, uh, amen. So, seeing with the uh, inner eyes. In fact, maybe I'll just toss this out there if it kind of makes some sense. But really, in all honesty, our limitations, the limitations that we operate under, 
uh, for the most part, are because we're too busy being moved by the outer eye instead of the inner eye. I mean, there's so many, uh, so many things uh, that we miss out on um, that brings us into a place of captivity or brings us into a place of, of ruin or destruction because we're just being moved by the physical eyes instead of by the inner eyes. So it creates limits, and the word limit literally means to a point and no more. So with the natural eye, you know, you're just kind of operating, you know, to a point. You only, you're only able to see certain things, and as a result of it, you can only, in a sense, go to a, a point and no more. And that's what happens with natural man and even Christians who live and operate based out of the natural. Okay, that's thing, got to know that, okay? So we're talking about children of God who got the greater one on the inside, have potential, amen, because of the greater one on the inside. We, in a sense, we could say you have the potential of no limits. But the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to be more moved, amen, by the inner eye than the outer eye. Now, that's what you're going to have to purpose to do that. Now, with, with those inner eye, or with that inner eye, we're able to see the unseen, praise God. And that'll make, that'll make huge deal, you know, a huge difference. You know, um, um, if you can see, I'm just kind of throwing things at you right now. If you could see what the normal man cannot see, then you can, you can do things that the normal man can't do. If you can see what the normal man cannot see, then you can receive what the normal man probably will never receive. If you can see, I hope you're getting my point here, if you can see what the normal man cannot see, then you can be what the normal man may never be. And so you have to understand, if you can see the invisible, so to speak, and I'm tossing another phrase at you, if you can see the invisible, you can walk out the impossible. In fact, we know that, uh, in a sense, a lot of examples of that through Scripture, and just some of the simple ones I always think about, like uh, Abraham in I, uh, Genesis and 15, it talks about him, you know, God takes him outside and he, 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 he uses the natural eye. He tells him to look up into the sky and, and to count the stars. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to get him to see something by the inner eye. But he, 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 he has to use something in the natural. He says, you see all them stars out there. And he said, so shall your seed be. In other words, I'm trying to tell you I'm going to make a nation out of you. Now, at the time, Abraham, it's kind of hard for Abraham to grasp it. But he's saying, listen, if I can get you to see what I see, then we can get the results that I see you can, you can have. So he's saying, listen, if you can see it. So he says, you, he, he tries to get him to count the stars, but he's trying to get him to look beyond that. He's just trying to give him a glimpse of something. So he says, if you can see that and count that, I want you to know, so shall your seed be. In other words, I'm going to make you a nation. You can't even count how many people are, are going to come out of, out of your life, out of your loins, so to speak. I, I'm going to use you to create a nation. But I got to get you to see it by the inner eye. And once he saw that, it changed everything. All of a sudden, man, he's walking in, in things. He becomes literally, he, the word calls him the father of our faith, praise God. We see another example in Joshua 6 and uh, with with Joshua taking in the children of Israel across the river, uh, you know, and they're, they're going to take Jericho, okay? 
And he, he makes a comment to him. He's telling him, explaining to him that, that Jericho's his. He said, he said, see, I've given Jericho into your hands. Well, at that moment, he hadn't, you know, they, they hadn't even got there yet. You know, they, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. You know, he kind of explained how it's all going to, but he said, see, you got to see that it's yours. You got to see that I've already given it to you. Otherwise, you're not going to walk it out. Okay, you're going to try to perform what you can in the natural. If you recall the whole, that whole scenario, how he did that was a supernatural thing. It had nothing to do with men of war or had nothing to do with weaponry. It had nothing to do with their own physical abilities and strength. God showed them what he could do. But, but see, Joshua had to get a hold of it. Joshua had to see it, not by the natural eye, but by the inner eye. All right. He, that's why he said, look, I've given it unto you. You've got to see it in your possession already. All right. I have another reference I was thinking about through this, and that's out of 2 Kings and 6. And uh, it is uh, uh, the reference of when Elisha uh, was in the city and, and he had his servant with him and, and uh, the, uh, uh, the, the king of another nation sent an army to go get him, okay, because uh, he was messing up his plans, you know, so to speak. And so, so uh, you know, one morning, uh, you know, they get up, the, the servant of Elisha goes outside and he looks and there's a whole army surrounding them. And it was very obvious, you know, there was, you know, probably, you know, thousands of soldiers there on, on horseback. And, and uh, you know, he's, he comes back in and he says, Elisha, uh, they've, uh, you know, they, they've got us cornered. There ain't no way of getting out of here. And uh, Elisha made the statement to him. He said, uh, those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of a, you know, it's, it's pretty big statement now you know we we as hindsight you know uh, you know what they say uh you know hindsight's you know uh something about 2020 you know i mean you can see better when it's hindsight because you yeah you i mean you obviously you know the end of the story now but the point is that servant didn't know what was going on and he said what are you talking about you know he could look out there and see thousands of soldiers and then he's thinking it's just you and me and all them and see naturally that's what he was seeing so elisha Ask the Lord to open his eyes to see what he sees. Amen. And so by the, you know, he opened his eyes. Now, granted, you know, maybe, maybe the physical eye, but really in all honesty, um, it, was, it was more about the inner eye, what he saw, because all of a sudden he saw the hillsides covered with angelic hosts, you know, uh, you know, of horses and chariots of fire. I mean, it was a phenomenal thing that he saw. But what happened then was, uh, you know, this, this awareness then of what was really there and all of a sudden now this confidence and assurance that everything's going to be okay. Now you think about all of this that we're talking about, that the more of a revelation that you walk in, the more that you see as he sees and, and know as he knows, you know, with this, this, this revelation, this insight, praise God, Amen. Uh, the more uh, you know, the life just seems to work. I mean, it's like you you don't you're you're you're, le you're less doubt, less uh, you know, less uh, uh, unbelief that you operate in. You're more apt to step forward when the Spirit of God talks to you about things and leads you in a direction. Praise God. 
You're, you're more apt to stand your ground when it comes time to resisting your enemy. We can go on and on and on of all the things, amen, when you're, your back's against the wall, so to speak, uh, you know, physically, financially, uh, emotionally, uh, your family, your marriage, your kids, whatever it may be that you're, you're dealing with. If, if you're able to see as he sees and know as he knows, amen, you're more apt to stand your ground and not be so uh, consumed by some of the natural things. You're more apt to stand your ground and, and, and basically stay in a place of faith and watch God work, praise God. The one thing I want to bring out here is this, okay, that when we're talking about a revelation knowledge, I can maybe toss that out, a revelation knowledge, we're not necessarily just talking about head knowledge, okay, that's something to keep in mind, okay. So, uh, you know, head knowledge is, is great. We're not against head knowledge. You should have that. The Word even says as you, as you take in the Word, you renew your mind, which is necessary. That's the beginning. That's how this starts. You start renewing your mind. But we're talking about going just beyond some head knowledge of some things. We're talking about seeing the unseen. We're talking about seeing things as He sees them. Knowing those things as He knows them, praise God. Amen. Where it's not just you you know, reasoning within your own mind about things. Amen. Because a lot of times that's what gets us in trouble. Now, again, we're not against reasoning. We're not against, uh, you, know, uh, you know, some head knowledge. You should have that. Amen. Uh, but we're talking about today about a thing called revelation. So let's, let's kind of go down here a little bit further on this. Amen. And so verse uh, 18 again, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know, that you may no, okay, so that's kind of again saying the same thing. It just means uh, to see, to perceive, uh, speaks of an awareness or perception of. Uh, it also means seeing it as, as, in a sense, as he sees it. So, in other words, when it says here, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know, he want, we want you to know what he knows. We want you to see it as he sees it. We want you to receive it as he uh, is, is giving it to you, praise God. Amen. We want you to grasp it, amen, as he's, as he's offering it, praise God. So that's, that's what it's saying here. And, of course, in this text, it lists some things, okay? So maybe we should take a few minutes and look at that, uh, that you may know. Uh, first one says, what is the, the hope or expectation of, of his calling, okay? Now, this word calling, let's define some of this a little bit, praise God. Uh, this word calling here, uh, let's see, where am I? Here we are. Invitation, a summon, uh, to be summoned. Uh, it means a beckoning to higher things. So it says that there's an invite, okay? So he wants you to know that you've been invited to come to higher things. There's an invite that you have, amen, amen. So in a sense, we could say this. Uh, in a sense, you're finding out that you're accepted, okay, into the higher things, you're accepted. So everything we're talking about here is everything he has to offer. You're, you've got an invite into that, okay? He wants you to, to understand what is the hope or expectation of his calling. He wants you to, to have an expectation of greater things ahead for you. He wants you to grasp that all that he has for you is for you. No matter what you, what you're, where you're at in your walk, no matter what you've uh, done, no matter your past, no matter your, uh, how long you've been saved, God says, listen, I, I, have, I have, in a sense, summoned you or invited you to higher things. That no matter what's going on, you're called to higher things. So all this stuff we're talking about, about revelation, God's saying this, I want to reveal these things to you. Uh, there's an invite to you to come up higher, to come into the things of God, to where I can reveal and show things to you, praise God. 
So that's the first thing. The next one he said is what are the riches or the wealth of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I love that, his inheritance in the saints. So what is the riches or the wealth? We could say the value. That's another word there. Uh, what is the value of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Now what that's just saying is this, is that you are part of his inheritance. So what he's trying to say is he wants you to understand how he sees you, okay? How he values you, okay? When we're talking about all this, about these this valuable hidden treasures in the kingdom, all that he has to offer should be seen as something precious and valuable. You have to understand that God sees you that way. I mean, this is, this is, this is amazing. When you really uh, start grabbing hold of this, all, one of those things that begins to happen is not only do you realize and recognize that God has something for you that's, that's greater than you could ever uh, dream possible, but God also values you above everything else. All right, you, there is such a value on you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only being. I mean, he gave his most precious thing, amen, on behalf of you, on behalf of me. So one of those things that God wants you to, to get a hold of or to see is not only the fact that you're called to higher things, but, but to understand your value to him, praise God, that you are a part of his inheritance, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I, I love that. Ain't that awesome? Praise God. Verse 19 then says, and, so here's the other thing that we may know, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? And, of course, it defines that power, it, that power that's according to the working of his mighty power when he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead. So he's talking about that same power that was used to raise Christ from the dead is now towards you, is available to you. So not only does he want to know, uh, you know, want you to know about, uh, you know, the invite, that it, you, you know, the fact that you're accepted, that you're, you've been invited into more to higher things, not only the fact that he appraises you and values you is great, uh, not only that, but also to understand that his power that's available, his ability that's available, that's towards you right now, okay, which means that nothing's impossible which means that there are no limits, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was um, thinking about all of this, and um, I'm thinking that, you know, when you, when, you, when you grab this word especially, okay, um, you know, there's, there's a couple, when the word, word, W-O-R-D, okay, so this is the word of God. Um, it uses a couple different um, Greek words for that. One is logos and one is rhema. Now, some of you have heard me teach this before, but for those who haven't, it's just kind of good to know when we're talking about a thing called revelation. Um, you know, what God is trying to do, you know, God has, you know, we know that the word of God is his word. It's living. It's powerful. Uh, it's God-breathed, God-inspired, okay? Um, you know, uh, God, you know, uh, you know, sent his word, you know, and it was recorded, uh, and then now, you know, we have it in front of us. And so what we have in front of us is the inspired word of God, the, uh, you know, the God-breathed word, amen, for you and me. Now, that's all wonderful. But see, God is trying to get it just beyond logos word in your life. In other words, just words on a page. Like I said earlier, it's not about just a bunch of head knowledge, but about revelation knowledge, Okay. So what I'm, I just feel this is necessary to bring out. What God's trying to do is reveal it. So a word that's then revealed 
becomes a powerful thing. And we're going to kind of see some things here in just a minute or two. But when a word is revealed, that Greek word there is used is, is rhema word. So it's no longer, it changes from logos to rhema. Now, rhema is no longer just an inspired word. It's now called a revealed word. Okay? And it's no longer just a word that God breathed, but now becomes a word, listen, that is made to breathe. That's what that word rhema means. So what God's trying to do here is to get this written word alive on the inside of you, to bring it into just a sense of, of, of a God-inspired, God-breathed word, a logos word, into a place of rhema in your life to where all of a sudden you're now seeing it as he sees it. You're now knowing it as he knows it, praise God. It is now a revealed word, a word that literally now is made to breathe. It now literally does come alive, praise God. Now that's just key with some of the things that I'm going to share here in a minute. Let's now go to the book of um, Matthew. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Hallelujah. Back to Matthew. And this time we're going to go to chapter 16. So... Matthew 16, praise the Lord, hallelujah, Matthew 16, and I'm going to go to verse 13, now it's kind of a uh, common story, but I think in the light of what we're talking about today, this will open up some more things, kind of show you and reveal some things to you, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to verse, oops, I'm in the wrong chapter. 16, verse 13. There we go. Chapter 16, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Okay, he's asking a question. What's the rumor out there? What's everybody talking? Uh, you know, what's, 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 the, what's the word? What's people saying out there? And, you know, Simon Peter answered, and he, and he said, well, uh, well, wait, wait, verse 14, I'm sorry. And they all answered, and they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, one of the prophets. In other words, you know, some say you're one of the prophets. Uh, some say you're just a good guy out there doing great things, you know, all kinds of things that get said. But then he said this. He said, but who do you say that I am? Because that's what it says there in verse 15. But who do you say that I am? Because when it really comes down to it, everything that we're talking about, when it comes time to moving forward in the kingdom, it really just comes down to that. Who do you say that he is? And so if we're talking about something being revealed, you know, we want as much revealed to us as we can because that determines in who he is to us. All right, that's a big piece of it. So who, who am I to you? Well, all of a sudden, Peter pipes up, you know, and says something. And he, you know, he says, you're the Christ, the son of a living God. Now, I believe with all my heart the way that thing is, is uh, you know, was said, that it wasn't just, you know, he sat there for a second and just kind of said something. I think all of a sudden he saw something. And we're going to see it by one of the references here in a second. He saw something that he, he didn't see with these natural eyes. Something was revealed to him. Something came alive to him at that moment. At that particular moment, something opened up, and he saw with the inner, with the inner eye, he saw what, who, who Jesus was. He had a, a different picture of him all of a sudden. 
Now, he'd been working with him and walking with him and hearing the teachings and, uh, you know, seeing signs and wonders and miracles, and they were all rejoicing and grateful for all that, and, and you know, they were excited about things, and, 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 but yet, you know, you can kind of see through the Scriptures that, you know, they still struggled with things. Even though they're seeing all of this, they're still struggling with just natural things off and on. Well, here all of a sudden, he gets a glimpse of something that he hadn't seen before. Well, you're the Christ. You're the, you're, you're the anointed one. You're the, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. All of a sudden, it, it opened to him. And then Jesus makes a statement to him. And he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Amen. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, a lot being said there, and I kind of want to you know, dissect that a little bit, but the idea is that he said this to Peter because Peter got something revealed to him. So it's a whole new ball game is what he's telling Peter. He said, it's a whole new ball game for you, Peter. Something's been revealed to you, and now it's, everything's different. How you're going to look at me from here on out is going to be a little bit different now because you're now seeing something, okay, as the Father sees it. You're now knowing something that you didn't know a little bit ago, but you're knowing something that God knows. That's what's going on right now. So he says, blessed are you. Now, that word blessed just means an empowerment. So in other words, you're, you're now empowered with something that you didn't have a little bit ago. And so what I see here in this text is you, some, some things that begin to happen for you and me if we get a revelation of anything, anything that those, those mysteries, those hidden things, those, those precious hidden treasures of the kingdom that get revealed, amen, what it begins to do in our life. One thing it does is it empowers you. Blessed are you. When things are revealed, you're, you're all of a sudden there's, there's an empowerment that's on you that wasn't there before. And believe me, I can take you back. I can literally take you to the time, to the spot on the road that I got a revelation of this or a revelation of that. I can tell you where I was at. I, why? Because when that moment hit, when I saw something that I didn't see before, when I saw something by the inner eye, when something was revealed to me, it changed my life forever. I saw things different. Things, my perspective changed. You know, it, it all shifted. And every time God showed me something throughout the course of my walk in God, every time he did, it shifted something else in my life. Something else. Now I'm empowered and nobody can take it from you. Man, I'm telling you, when you, get, when you get a revelation, no devil in hell can knock you off it. No person can talk you out of it. No circumstance can knock you away from it. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's, it's revealed. You have it. You're now seeing something you never saw. And part of that is because you've been empowered now. Blessed are you. Amen. When a revelation comes. What else do we find out in this verse 17? Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, we're seeing here that it's not something of a natural realm, okay, but something of the unseen realm, okay? Not the seen realm, but the unseen realm. Not the natural realm, but the spirit realm, 
And we know according to, uh, you know, like for instance, uh, 1 Corinthians 2 tells us, and we, we did t- touch on this a couple weeks back, but uh, it, it tells us that, that he reveals these things by his spirit. God reveals these hidden things, these deep things, these things of the spirit. Amen. These, these hidden treasures are revealed by his spirit. So we know it's a work of the spirit is what I'm trying to bring out. Now, again, I want to say this. Uh, you know, I just can't, I can't stress it enough. We're not talking about head knowledge. Okay, we're not talking about just, just getting a bunch more head knowledge about something. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with some head knowledge. But we're talking beyond just the head knowledge. We're talking about a revelation knowledge. We're talking about seeing something, seeing things as he sees it. Okay, not just, not just uh, uh, you know, um, you know, what I could say, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe just information per se. I mean, that's just the way I say it. You know, it's not just about gaining more information or data, uh, you know, but it's about revelation, about seeing things. It's not just about, you know, being educated. Nothing wrong with education. Nothing wrong with gaining information. Okay, nothing wrong with, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, discussion. Okay, sometimes people, uh, you know, it's, you know, just trying to gain with it in order to discuss and talk and debate and all those kinds, all kinds of things. We can go down multiple roads here. But the bottom line is it's not about education or discussion or information. It's not just about head knowledge. It's about revelation knowledge. It's about seeing things as he's, because that's, what's imp- that's what empowers you. When you, when you allow God to reveal things to you, it brings you into a realm of possibility beyond limits. And, and, and with, with just head knowledge, you're still, you're still kind of locked in to a realm of limits. And again, nothing wrong with knowledge, nothing wrong with information, nothing wrong with education, nothing wrong uh, with, with discussion. None of that, none, nothing's wrong with any of that, okay? In its place and in its time, it's right. But we're talking beyond that. We're talking about seeing stuff by the inner eye, a thing of revelation, to where it takes you into a realm of possibility. Amen. Where nothing's impossible. Praise God. So we, we not only see here in this text in, in Matthew that, that this man, uh, Peter, is now empowered or blessed, but now he also finds out that was something from above. God revealed that. Through his spirit, he revealed something to you that you didn't have before. Now you go a little bit further down here, now in verse 18 of chapter 16. He said, and I also say to you that you are Peter. Uh, and that, that word, we can kind of do a whole study on that, is the word um, uh, Petros, okay, his name is Petros, which means a stone or a piece of rock. But he said, on this rock, on this Petra, on this rock, a massive rock, it means I will build my church. In other words, on this revelation, this thing that's been revealed to you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build with, okay? I'm going to build off that, amen? And if you stop and you look across uh, the church history, the people that had revelations of things, that's what God used to build from. We see great ministries and things around the world that have, been, that have come as a result of a revelation that somebody had. In fact, some of the greatest ministries that we know of, patriarchs of faith that have, have gone before us, the things and everything that how they started all came from a revelation. You go back in their history, you find out where they got a revelation from God about something, and from there on, their life was different. 
And God used that to build. To, to, to use, he used that to, to, to like a springboard off of that to do something glorious with that individual and then whatever ministry that, 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 that kind of spawned off that, praise God. But all of this, it's amazing what a revelation from God can do. Amen. The other thing that we see in this, uh, in this text here in verse 18, he said, uh, he said, my, uh, this, he said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it, which means that a revelation cause you to prevail. That hell itself cannot win against this. In other words, if you have a revelation of something, you can't be knocked off that. Now, with just head knowledge, you at times can be knocked off this. Okay, with head knowledge, just information, the enemy might slither in there and steal it from you or knock you off it. You know, you might have heard the truth, and it might be a great insight and a great truth, but if you don't have revelation of it, you know, it, the enemy might come and through pressure and through, uh, you know, a circumstance or situation or through words said or through, a, uh, you know, something went down that, uh, that brought this, this uh, you know, uh, pressure against you. All of a sudden, you're letting go of just head knowledge. You're letting go of just insight. You're letting go of just information. But when it's a revelation, that's what prevails. That's what stands the, the, uh, the test of time, so to speak. In one of the references earlier, uh, or actually I think it's in 1 Peter, but it brings out that, that, it, that because of revelation, that's what endures. It's the revelation of God's word that endures in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. And we're not taking away from Logos word, but we're talking about we want to try to get beyond just a written word on a page Get it so alive on the inside that no circumstance can knock you off that. And that's what we're talking about. And that's what he's saying to Peter. He said, Peter, hell itself can't stand against you with this, with this kind of revelation. It won't prevail against you. Instead, you prevail. You're the one that succeeds. You're the one who endures. You're the one who conquers. You're the head and not the tail here. You're above only and not beneath here. Amen. You're the one that stands even when the enemy is trying to press against you. Why? Because you got a revelation. Praise God. Verse 19, another uh, great thing in here it says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I love the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth be bound to heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, it'll be loose. Praise God. What he's saying is you have keys now as a result of it. Well, keys we can look at in a lot of different ways, but bottom line, just see it as literal keys. Keys lock and unlock things, okay? That's what they're for, okay? Even insights and all that kind of stuff, the, these keys that you have, amen, so to speak, of, of, of these bits of revelation that you get become literally things that lock and unlock things that now gives you a place of dominion and authority that whatever you bind on earth is bound. Whatever you loose on is loosed, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's revealed, praise God, is what produces in our life. What's revealed is what reflects in our walk. What's revealed. Child of God, it's so key to press in. If I was to go back to our original text, you know, in Matthew 13, and as I said, you know, these, these precious hidden things, it's, it's worth going after. 
It's worth laying it all down to go after it because if you can get a hold of this, this is what empowers you. This is what, you know, this is what begins to build things in your life. This is what, amen, causes you to conquer. This is what causes you to overcome. This is what causes you to prevail. Amen. This is what gives you, praise God, that, that sense of confidence and dominion, praise God, that you can walk in. Hallelujah. Child of God, it's worth going after. It's worth taking the time to seek God in His Word, in communion with Him. Amen. To be able to see things beyond just these natural eyes, to begin to see things by the inner eye. What we want is revelation. Amen. And I'm hoping, praise God, that you're getting some of this, praise God. I'm so grateful that you connected with us today. Father, I give you praise and glory for this word today. Thankful, Lord God, they did have an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and again, that the eyes of their understanding were enlightened today. Father, we give you the praise and we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.